and welcome to Misinformation, a trivia podcast for ladies and gents who love cool trivia and sticking it to annoying teams at Pub Quiz. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren. And I'm Julia. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, again, we are taping after... Um, after Labor Day. After Labor Day. And Lauren just went to New York City. <laughs> and we went to... Uh, the 1920s. New oh. <laughs> we went to the 1920s. <laughs> we... <laughs> It was a quick trip. Oh, yeah. You came back with so many mannerisms. <laughs> but yeah, you went to, you traveled along the coast. Yeah, we went to, we went to Boston for a night. Oh, boy, that's Then fun. we went up to Maine. Oh, jeez. We went to a beautiful Grunberg family wedding. You just were inundated with various and sundry accents that are dying out quickly. <laughs> also, I got covered in mutant mosquito bites. Oh, my God, you and me both. What the heck? What do they feed those mosquitoes <laughs> up in Maine? But Mainer blood, which is I apparently guess. full of something that they love. <laughs> do yours? Okay, so mine, I've noticed recently, my, I think it may have been because of my pale, pale skin. The bug bites that I have on my legs turn into red welts that yes. looks like I put out cigarettes on my I legs. I look like I have leprosy yeah, right now. Yeah, it's, what? <laughs> and there's no, there's no concealer. There's no like. No, you can't do anything no, about it. It's just, you just have to walk around and apologize for the state of your legs. I'm fine. Like, I don't have a disease. It's just the mosquitoes in Maine. That's all. But otherwise, it seems like you guys had a really yeah, fun time. Yeah, we had time. a great time. Um, yeah. And while we were in Boston, uh, mm-hmm. we went and we visited Harvard. Mm. So it really made me think about a lot of things. Oh, I was going to say about the mistakes you made in going to college, but. Things that could have been. Yeah, I know. Um, no, I loved my college. Um, yeah, same. But yeah, so that's what we're talking about Ooh. this week is uh, colleges and universities. Great. All right. So. Uh, Are you talking about start. all of them? I'm ready. <laughs> Alphabetical order. Oh, man. Alabama, (laughs) Arkansas. No. Um, So in the United States right now, there's not really a formal definition on what an institution is um, considered a university versus a college. So you might, you know, think a university is very big. You might think a college Mm -hmm. is just undergraduate. Um, So the common understanding of what a university is has actually evolved over time. So U.S. News and World Report says that often schools with college in their name tend to be smaller institutions that emphasize undergraduate education. Mm -hmm. Um, And many schools with university in their name are often larger institutions that offer a variety of both undergraduate and graduate degree programs. And large universities can be made up of smaller divisions, also called a college, um, each of which has a specific academic focus. So you might be in a university, but um, depending on what your major is, you might be studying at a specific college in that university. Mm -hmm. So I always found that kind of interesting. That is interesting. So first, we're going to talk about some of the oldest operating universities in the world. So the oldest university in the world. Do you, do you, can you guess what country it's in? Um, I'm going to say, ooh, I'm going to say China. No. Ooh, what so is the it? oldest operating university in the world uh-huh. is the University of Bologna in <gasps> Bologna, Italy. Oh, get out of here. It was founded in 1088 Holy and God. chartered in 1158. So um, it was the first university in the Western world. There were definitely universities um, ha- 
like universities in that setting mm-hmm. happening in India and China, like you said, um, institutions of learning, usually, you know, theological reasons, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But really, um, the University of Bologna is the first university in the Western world. That's and it's the first um, university in the sense of a higher learning degree awarding institute. Okay. Um, in fact, the word university, which comes from the Latin universitas, um, was coined at its foundation. Oh, okay. So the university received a charter from Frederick I Barbarossa in 1158 called Authentica Habita, which settled the rules, rights, and privileges of universities. So uh, the University of Bologna was set up in large part with the aim of studying the Digest, which was also known as the Pandect a central text in Roman law, which had been recently rediscovered in Italy in 1070. So the digests were 50 books of juristic writings on Roman law compiled by order of the Eastern Roman Emperor Justinian I in the 6th century. Cool. So it's like they rediscovered the the digest and then they were like, we, yes, this is good. We got to teach you everybody. We must teach this. <laughs> That's what I imagine. Your Italian is Flawless. Very good. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> yes, University of Bologna, founded in 1088, still in operation. That's amazing. Contiguously. Yes. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, second oldest, mm. the University of Oxford in okay. Oxford, England, in the United Kingdom. So, um, it is the oldest university in the English-speaking world, and Oxford claims its founding was as early as 1096, but not later than 1167. Oh, okay. Like, mm, we were learning, but we weren't, like, really record-keeping at that time, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, Oxford is made up of 38 constituent colleges and a full range of academic departments organized into four divisions. So, all the colleges are self-governing institutions within the university, each controlling its own membership and with its own internal structure and activities. So the oldest colleges there are University College, Balliol, and Merton. Mm-hmm. Um, they were established between 1249 and 1264, though there is some dispute over the exact order and precisely when each began teaching. If you want to know more about the University of Oxford, I highly recommend uh, Inspector Morse uh-huh. uh, and the follow-up uh, Inspector Lewis, yes. which is set entirely in Oxford, and usually, like, there's always a murder in the in Oxford College, yeah. like well. University of Oxford. It's everywhere. Like, people are <laughs> dropping like fra- flies, and no one seems to care that much. But yeah. they go into the Balliol a lot. Yeah. When um, we're planning a trip to the UK for later this year, maybe. And um, I did a study abroad at Oxford. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, we'll stop by Oxford for a day. Like, won't that be fun? And I, you know, just keep getting these ads for like Inspector Morse walking tours (laughs) from $115 a person. That kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't even watch that show. Like, first of all. Definitely watch it. It's very good. Mm -hmm. It doesn't start to get like super good until season two. Okay. Noted. Um, But it's very good. Uh, It's very like warm and comforting British. But I don't know why it just hit me. Like, of course, they would have an Inspector Morse walking tour. And now I desperately need to go and go on (laughs) Inspector Morse walking tour. It's such a good show. So 90s. Oh, Uh, so good. Anyway, University of Oxford. Yes. (laughs) The the next oldest is the University of Salamanca in Salamanca, Spain. It was founded in 1134 and then chartered in 1218. It is the oldest university in the Hispanic world. Right cool. there in Salamanca, Spain. Salamanca. Um, next is actually the University of Cambridge. So that is Cambridge, England, United Kingdom, founded in 1209 and chartered in 1231. So it was founded by scholars who left Oxford after a dispute caused by the execution of two scholars in 1209. Ooh. So there was a lot of um, hostility kind of between the people that lived in the town of Oxford and mm-hmm. then the scholars that were attending university. Town-gown relations. Uh, exactly. And that's yeah. where that term came 
came from. Oh, okay. um, so apparently there was a big altercation and, oh, uh, you know, two scholars ended up getting, getting, <laughs> biting them in the dust on That's that. So awful. all these people like left Oxford and founded Cambridge. They were like, we're out of here. Yeah. This place is awful. <laughs> so <laughs> Cambridge includes 31 constituent colleges and over 100 academic departments organized into six schools. The Cambridge University Press, a department of the university, is the world's oldest publishing house and the second largest university press in the world. Um, their oldest college is Peter House, founded in 1284, and their newest is Robinson, founded in 1977. <sighs> So new. Yeah. Fresh. And then the fifth oldest in the world. Like, I'm not going to, like, this is the yeah, last you're not gonna oldest go to like one. Yeah, going to go like 200, yeah. <laughs> the 4,072nd oldest yeah. in, the, in the world. No. So the fifth oldest is the University of Padua in Padua, Italy. Mm. Um, it was founded and charter in 1222. So it was founded by scholars who had left Bologna. They were like, oh, all right, we're done with Bologna. Let's, uh, Let's go to Padua. Something else should open up. Yeah. Um, so notable alums of the University of Padua include Elena Lucrezia Cornaro Piscopia, also known as the Cornaro, Ooh. who was a Venetian noblewoman and mathematician who became the first woman to be awarded a Doctor of Philosophy degree in 1678. That's cool. Yeah. Um, also, Nicholas Copernicus, uh, mm. the most famous Polish export besides Chopin and his dancing piano. Yes. Um, <laughs> Gabriel Fallopio, uh, the anatomist and namesake of those tubes in your I was female reproductive say, system. Did he get made fun of? But no, it was the other way around. <laughs> no. Fallopian tubes. Yep. And uh, also our boy Galileo Galilei taught yeah. there. So, uh, yes. So the, they called him Gaga. Gaga? Probably not. Probably not. No. They were probably too scared of him. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. He was, he was big. <laughs> so that was the oldest colleges in the world. Okay. okay. The entire earth. The entire earth. Great. Ready for the oldest colleges in America. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So they're known as the colonial colleges, which oh. is super quaint. That is adorable. So the colonial colleges are nine institutions of higher education that were chartered in the 13 colonies before the United States of America okay. became a sovereign nation after the American Revolution. So, the oldest college in America is New College. What? Is that a real place? New College. It's just called New College. Oh, you don't know it as New no. College now. Okay. You know it as Harvard University. <gasps> so, it was founded as New College in the Massachusetts Bay Colony in 1636. Okay. Okay. So, it's in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, it is named for its first benefactor, clergyman John Harvard. And Harvard is the United States' oldest institution of higher learning. Um, it's very prestigious. Yeah, they'll I never mean, let us forget it. I don't know what else it. we really need to say about it. Yeah. Um, they do have a very good um, uh, natural history collection. Yes. They have great... Um, uh, they have a really good like uh, rocks and minerals section and it's a very old building. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, quite an experience to kind of like wander around in there. Oh yeah. They got a, they got a ton of museums. Mm-hmm. Um, they also are the world's largest academic and private library system Ooh. comprising 79 individual libraries holding over 18 million items. Ooh, shit, yeah. That's great. Um, eight U.S. presidents are alumni of Harvard. They include John Adams, John Quincy Adams, sure. Rutherford B. Hayes who attended law school there. Um, Teddy Roosevelt, yeah, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, sure, JFK, um, and George W. Bush went there for his MBA, and Barack Obama went there for his JD. Okay, interesting. Great. Next oldest, the College of William and Mary, 
It yes, was founded in sense. the colony of Virginia, founded and chartered in 1693. So it's in Williamsburg, Virginia. Um, William and Mary educated American presidents Thomas Jefferson, James Monroe, and John Tyler, as well as other key figures important to the development of our nation, including U.S. Supreme Court Justice um, a Chief Justice, John Marshall, mm. um, Speaker of the House of Representatives, Henry Clay, 16 members of the Continental Congress, and four signers of the Declaration of Independence, earning it the nickname, the alma mater of the nation. Oh, that's good. Ooh, yeah. I like that. My, uh, my coworker and friend, Sarah, went to William & Mary. Uh, can I tell you? So... Um, our family every year we went to Colonial Williamsburg for vacation and we would always go and like tour William and Mary sure. you know the campus is right there next to Colonial Williamsburg and I was like this is my dream I really want to go to William oh, and yeah. Mary and then when the time came I was too afraid to apply oh that's the saddest thing I've ever heard <laughs> Joel you should have applied to William and Mary you would have been so good at it <laughs> yeah well it's okay it worked it all out. worked out yeah it all worked out I went to Roanoke College in Salem Virginia where I made a slew of wonderful friends of that have lasted me a lifetime shout Absolutely. out to all my Roanoke alum and your deep in our sisters. hearts yeah. The Kappa Kappa Kappas, of course. Alpha Sigma Alpha. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> um, but speaking of Greek letters, um, William and Mary students founded the Phi Beta Kappa Academic Honor Society in oh. 1776. Um, William and Mary was also the first school of higher education in the U.S. to install an honor code of conduct for students. Nice. Um, and for historical reasons, the College of William and Mary um, has continued to use the word college rather than university in its official name. Yeah. All right, next we have the collegiate school. Hmm. Do you think that's a thing that is still around? Uh, I'm going to say yes, and it's probably Yale. It is Yale. Yes! Yeah. So it was founded as the collegiate school, now Yale University, um, in the Connecticut colony, founded and chartered in 1701. So it's in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, the Collegiate school was established by clergy in Saybrook Colony to educate congressional ministers. It moved to New Haven, Connecticut in 1716 and was renamed Yale College in recognition of a gift from British East India Company Governor Elihu Yale. So his first name is E-L-I-H-U. So um, this this has bothered me for years. So okay. it shows up in crossword puzzles all the time. Oh, something yeah. like a nickname for a Yale student. And the answer is Eli, like E-L-I-S, is like nicknames for Yale students is I Eli's. And I never understood why. Yeah. It's because the founder's first name was Elihu. Oh, that makes sense. So. But they're not Elihu's. They're called Eli's. Eli's. Because yeah. Elihu is hard to say. <laughs> yes. It is. It doesn't fit in that. <laughs> in no, those it squares. So the original curriculum there was theology and sacred languages, um, but it began to incorporate humanities and sciences around the time of the Revolutionary War. And in the 19th century, the school introduced graduate and professional instruction, awarding the first PhD in the United States in 1861 and formally organizing as a university in 1887. Um, I know you love spontaneous singing. Oh. Uh, the Whiff and Poofs of Yale. Oh. They are the they are the oldest collegiate singing group in the world. Oh, started in 1909. Can I? I don't know if I've expressed my pure, unadulterated hatred of acapella on you this have. podcast. Oh, not on this podcast. No, no, I have in in our personal life. Yes. In fact, I think at this point you completely check out when I just go on a full rant. So I went to Binghamton <laughs> University. State State University of New York at Binghamton College. It's actually just Binghamton University. We changed our name to make ourselves seem fancy. <laughs> Regardless, they had on campus when I was a college student, 
no less than 15 acapella groups on campus. There was an all girl. There was an all boy. They were called the um, Bing Crosbys. Yeah. (laughs) Binghamton Crosbys. Bing Crosbys. Yeah. They wore suit jackets and ties. Mm -hmm. They were all white. What a surprise. (laughs) Uh, We had an all Jewish. We had an all Christian. We had an all Asian. We had an all 80s. We had an all rock and roll. They were all lame. You couldn't couldn't escape the melodious songs like spontaneous singing wherever you went nowhere i couldn't they would practice in the hallways in the lecture hall they would and a bunch of my friends oh my god the the beatboxing the beatboxing oh i hate it so much so every time i hear like i'm like kill me now i will tear out my eardrums just for this so i should tell steve to cut that part out of the wedding too yeah, I don't want any, I don't want a barbershop quartet. I don't want, boom, boom, no, boom, I boom, don't boom. want an acapella group. I don't want any of that. I will lose, I will burst into flames at this point. It was so awful and embarrassing, like vicarious Down embarrassment. The old mystery. It's so embarrassing. I first Nothing is worse. <laughs> Nothing is worse than watching a pockmarked, like, 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 Greek, like frat boy, white frat boy in a suit, in a shitty suit jacket and tie, going, in a microphone in front of like three hundred and fifty college students who are like, "Yay, you're doing so good! You sound just like a, I don't know, just a, like Elvis, a set of drums." I don't understand. <laughs> We get it. You don't use instruments. Okay. I'm so sorry. Those the whiff and poofs of Yale. The whiff and poofs. The, the whiff and poofs, the scourge of New England. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, I'm just so exhausted by my anger. <laughs> Before we move on, I'm just going to tell you that uh, Yale also has some notable alumni. Okay. <laughs> Please, I'm please crying a little, so including five U.S. presidents. They are oh, wow. William Howard Taft, George H.W. Mm. Bush, Gerald Ford, who went there for his J.D., uh, Bill Clinton, who went there for his J.D., and George W. Bush. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Next. Good. <laughs> the College of New Jersey. Oh, oh. This is now Princeton University. Yes. Um, founded in the province of New Jersey, founded and chartered in 1746. So it was founded in Elizabeth, New Jersey as the College of New Jersey, and it moved to Newark in 1747, then to its current site in Princeton in 1896. Mm-hmm. Um, two U.S. presidents are alums of Princeton. They are James Madison and Woodrow Wilson. So oh, Nice wow. long gap in there. Yeah. But, um, next is King's College. Ooh. Sounds fancy. Do you know what that is? What these is that days? now? Um, King's College is now Columbia University. Oh, okay. In the province of New York, founded and chartered in 1754. So um, it's in New York City. It is the oldest college in New York State, established as King's College by Royal Charter of George II of Great Britain, and renamed Columbia College in 1784 following the American Revolutionary War. Mm. Um, Columbia controls the second largest amount of real estate in New York City. Really? Yeah, oh, that it's, makes um, sense. Like, it's like six city blocks, um, and it's second only to the Catholic Church in New York City. <laughs> that makes mm-hmm. sense, too. Um, notable alums include five founding fathers of the United States, an author of the U.S. Constitution, and a member of the Committee of Five. 
Do you know what the Committee of Five I is, am really, Lauren? I'm striking out. I so don't. So the Committee of Five it was the team of five men who drafted and presented to Congress what would become America's Declaration of Independence uh-huh. of July 4th, 1776. So this Declaration Committee operated from June 11th, 1776 until July 5th, 1776, the day on which the Declaration was published. So these five guys, the Committee of Five, they were John Adams, mm-hmm. Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin, Robert Livingston, and Roger Sherman. Okay. Roger Sherman, he is a name to know. All right. Okay. Ooh, good. Um, okay. He is the only person to sign all four of the U.S. great state papers. So that's <gasps> the Continental Association. Um, that was the big trade boycott with the United Kingdom in 1774. Sure. Um, the Declaration of Independence, mm-hmm. the Articles of Confederation, and the Constitution. Ooh, this that's is Roger Sherman. Roger Sherman. I like that. Know okay. his name. Um, also, alums of King's College include three presidents. Uh, Barack Obama, heard of him. I have. Um, uh, Teddy Roosevelt went there for his JD, and FDR went there for his JD. Yeah, that makes sense. Very New York-centric dudes. The Roosevelts yes. didn't go far. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, next is the College of Philadelphia. This is now the University of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. founded in the province of Pennsylvania, Um in 1755. So it's located in Philadelphia. It was founded by Benjamin Franklin, who advocated an educational program that focused as much on practical education for public service as on the classics and theology. So Penn was one of the first academic institutions to follow a multidisciplinary model pioneered by several European universities, concentrating multiple faculties. So um, for example, theology, classics, and and medicine into one institution. Um, There is a tradition at Penn um, where they throw toast on to the field after the third quarter of a home football game um so end of the third quarter you get your your toasted bread out of your pocket soggy toasted throw it on the field okay so this originated from a drinking song that included the line here's a toast to dear old pen but during prohibition since students Uh, couldn't toast their team with alcohol in the sense of raising a glass to them they took it more literally and that tradition continues so there's a lot of pigeons that hang around that that sounds about right that's what i'm thinking yeah yeah, it does. <laughs> a the bunch fourth of quarter is like nearly unplayable, oh just with all of the the oh. foul, <laughs> the feathers. Oh, just the sky darkened with foul. <laughs> Next is the College of Rhode Island. Okay, this is now Brown University. Oh, was, you know what? This is going to sound very ignorant of me. I didn't realize that Brown was in Rhode Island. Great. I mean, Rhode I'll Island tell is so you some small. more about it and okay. you'll get it. Please, great. It will be in your head now. Um, so yeah, it was founded in the colony of Rhode Island in 1764. So it's in Providence, Rhode Island. Mm. Um, it was founded in 1764 as the college in the English colony of Rhode Island and Providence plantations. Jeez. Very long. Brown is a much better name. Um, so Brown University was named for Nicholas Brown uh, Jr. Nicholas Brown Jr., who okay. was a philanthropist, the founder of the Providence Athenaeum, the co-founder of a hospital there, and an abolitionist. So in 1803, the college's board voted that the donation of $5,000, if made to this college within one year from late commencement, shall entitle the donor to name the college. So that appeal was answered by college treasurer Nicholas Brown Jr. in a letter in 1804, and the corporation honored its promise. So in gratitude for Mr. Brown, the corporation at the same meeting voted that this college be called and known in all future name by the name of Brown University. <laughs> so for $5,000. Wow. A, a paltry sum in in our, you know. Yeah, in our, in d- our day modern and age. days. I think at the time it was probably like yeah, it was a, lot. Know, a million dollars. Or but whatever. I'm Lauren University sounds good. 
I wouldn't use my last name. I would just use Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren University. The most common name from every girl born in 1985. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I am uh, mostly sure that Brown University takes up the most um, like real estate in Providence, Rhode Island. Too. I see. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense because Rhode Island is not it's big. This big. Oh, it's like a thumb. Size of your thumb. Yeah. Um, next is Queens College. Okay. That is now Rutgers University. Oh, hey. Okay. So um, it was in the province of New Jersey, founded and chartered in 1766. So originally named Queens College in 1766 to educate the youth in language, liberal, the divinity, and useful arts and sciences, and for the training of future ministers for the Dutch Reformed Church. It was later renamed in 1825 in honor of Colonel Henry Rutgers, a New York City landowner, philanthropist, and former military officer who also gave $5,000 to this college for naming (laughs) rights. That was the going rate those days. Uh, Rutgers has three campuses located throughout New Jersey, the original New Brunswick campus in New Brunswick and adjacent Piscataway, uh, the Newark campus and the Camden campus. I uh, I went to the Newark can- mm-hmm. campus for a conference once and Newark is a, whew, that is a tough city. Yikos, <laughs> <laughs> I was not prepared for the burnt out shell mm. of a city like Newark. So I can see that, but they have the Newark museum there. It has an incredible art collection. Gorgeous. Yeah. It's fabulous. You wouldn't expect one of the best art collections I've ever like laid my eyes on, Wow! but it's behind like a, you know, (laughs) 10 foot tall brick wall, Mm -hmm. you know, surrounded by garbage. It's, it's a real (laughs) diamond in the rough, if you will. (laughs) Next time you're in Newark. Yeah. Next time. And then the last colonial college is Dartmouth College. Mm, okay. So this was in the province of New Hampshire, founded and chartered in 1769. So it's in Hanover, New Hampshire. So the 1769 charter from King George III created a college for the education and instruction of youth of the Indian tribes in this land in reading, writing, and all parts of learning, which shall appear necessary and expedient for civilizing and Christianizing children of pagans, as well as in all liberal arts and sciences, and also of English youth and any others. I mean, Ugh. it's like these run-on sentences back in the day. Yeah. Um, also... Maybe some of that was a little problematic, but I promise you I was reading a quote from 1769. (laughs) Um, So this was to be the collegiate department of Moore's Charity School, which was founded by a Connecticut minister named Eliezer Willock. Oh, wow. So he received funds from a Methodist trust in England that was headed up by a guy named William Leggy, the second Earl of Dartmouth. Um, It turns out Leggy was opposed to the creation of the college and never donated to it, yet the school was named for him. Wow. In hopes that he would. Donate oh my to gosh. it. You know what? Rich people, the longer I'm in nonprofits, the more <laughs> I realize all you have to do is pretend you're rich and make hmm. drop hints that you might, might give, give a lot money. of money. And then you get so much free, free stuff. Shit. Yep. It's amazing. Oh my God. This guy has a whole college named after him. And he didn't have to give a dime. Nope. Those suckers that gave $5,000. <laughs> He get to keep that. <laughs> uh, and last thing, Dartmouth was the only colonial college that did not close during the Revolutionary War. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So of the nine colonial colleges, seven of them are Ivy League schools. Okay. okay. Yeah. So the Ivy League is a collegiate athletic conference comprising sports teams from eight private universities in the Northeastern United States. The conference name is also commonly used to refer to those eight schools as a group beyond the sports context. Um, Caswell Adams of the New York Tribune made a passing comment about the schools in 1937, referring to the Ivy growing on their brick walls, and the name stuck. So the eight members of the Ivy League 
are mm-hmm. Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island. Okay. We just talked about it. Columbia University in, Nor- in New York, New York. Great. Cornell University in Ithaca, New York. What, what? Ever heard of it? Beautiful. Um, so Cornell was founded in 1865 by Ezra Cornell and Andrew Dixon White. And the university was intended to teach and make contributions in all fields of knowledge. Of all of the Ivy schools, its motto is the only one not in Latin. Oh, that's okay? interesting. Its motto is in English. Okay. It is a quote. Uh-oh. I would found an institution where any person can find instruction in any study. Ezra Cornell, 1865. <laughs> That's the school's motto. The school's motto is, I would let's found- teach some people. <laughs> yes. Done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so then after Cornell, you have Dartmouth College in Hanover, New Hampshire, mm-hmm. Harvard University in Cambridge, Mass., University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, PA., um, Princeton University in Princeton, New Jersey, and Yale University in New Haven, Connecticut. Okay. Okay, ready? I have a mnemonic for you. Yes. Lay it on me. All right. So I have a sentence. Okay. And other than like the conjunctions in the sentence, each word, okay. the first three letters of the word are aligned with an Ivy League school and they're in alphabetical order. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay, ready? All right. I'm ready. <laughs> I feel so silly now. Why? I was really proud when I came up with this. And no, I feel really silly. Why do you feel silly? Okay. I'm closing my eyes so I can envision it. Okay. Okay. Broken, cold coral darkens and hardens on penguins prized yachts. That is so, Julie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna swear. Sorry, Dad. That is so fucking good. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I am blown away. Okay. Say it one more time for me. Broken cold coral darkens and hardens on penguins' prized yachts. So that's Brown, Columbia, Cornell, Dartmouth, Harvard, Penn, Princeton, Yale. Great. I love it. It's great. <laughs> Just it's so, gonna sweep the nation. Uh, <laughs> people are gonna get tattoos. Uh, yeah, we're gonna make a T-shirt. It's gonna be part of our swag, our aforementioned swag. <laughs> Julia's bizarre mnemonics. <laughs> just like a, a tiny print, just the entire back of the shirt. It's great. I love it. That's great. Great. I'm glad. Uh, moving on briefly. So okay. the Seven Sisters. You've probably heard of this, too, in terms of like a group of colleges. Is this the all-girl colleges? It is, okay. yes. So the Seven Sisters was a name given to several liberal arts colleges in the Northeastern United States sure. that are historically women's colleges. So all seven schools were founded between 1837 and 1889. Five of them continue to offer all-female undergraduate programs. So I'll name those five first. Okay. So you have Barnard College in New York, New York. Yes. So um, that was Columbia University's Women's Liberal Arts Undergraduate College until its all-male coordinate school columbia college went co-ed in 1983 but to this day barnard continues to be an all-women's undergraduate college nice. affiliated with columbia so you have barnard you have Bryn Mawr college in Bryn Mawr, uh, pennsylvania yep mount holyoke college in south hadley mass i know several people from smith there. college in northampton mass Some people from there too wellesley college in wellesley mass yeah um and then we have ones that are no longer really sisters. So Vassar College in Poughkeepsie, New York, has been coeducational since 1969, but Ooh, it was re- originally all women and part of the Seven it's Sisters. Been that long mm-hmm. that they went coed. Yeah, because I still, I mean, I think a lot of people still think of Vassar as an all women's college. Right. So they probably, you know, they're they're open to males going there, but you know. I mean, I feel like if you are a, I mean, let's be honest, cisgendered, heterosexual male, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? One, get a great education. Uh-huh. Two, 
be around a bunch of ladies. I'm going to go to Vassar. This seems like a plot for like a Shakespeare play, I think. I I have a coworker Mm -hmm. who went to a college, Calvin, God bless him. He went to a college that was an all-girls college that had gone co-ed the year prior. Uh And the college's name, Hand to Jesus, I swear to you, I Googled it when he told me, Beaver College. Mm -hmm. Which I... I laughed for 30 seconds when he told me that. Well, I grew up near, well, not near, but around Beaver, Pennsylvania. So oh, it's, yeah, I there am you go. immune to the Beaver joke. I just yeah. laughed and laughed. I was like, that's a lie. You're a liar. But it's true. <laughs> and now it's called something like Appalachian yeah, State they, or something. It's yeah. got like a silly, like regular ass name. Yeah. But I mean, the jokes, the jokes, it's right there. Julia, it's right there. Anyway, please continue. Uh, and with then seven the sisters. last one that was a seven sister was Radcliffe College in Cambridge, Mass. So um, that shared common and overlapping history with Harvard College from the time it was founded as the Harvard Annex in 1879. So Harvard and Radcliffe acted like basically they merged in 1977. Okay. But Radcliffe continued to be the sponsoring college for women at Harvard until its dissolution in 1999. So while Radcliffe no longer exists as an institution independent of Harvard College, the remaining seven sisters are considered highly competitive among liberal arts institutions in the U.S. So, okay, so quick question. Mm-hmm. So there were originally eight sisters and now because Radcliffe no, is no longer... No, there were seven and now there's really only five. Oh, okay, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah, so Barnard, Bryn Mawr, Mount Holyoke, Smith, and Wellesley okay. are still all women's. Technically Vassar is co-educational and Radcliffe no longer was basically exists. dissolved, like absorbed into Harvard. I see. Okay, great. Okay. Um, other notable college milestones in the U.S.? Okay. 1783, Washington College in Chesterton, Maryland, appointed the first women instructors at any American college or university. Oh, wow. They were Elizabeth Callister Peel and Sarah Callister. In 1803, Bradford Academy in Bradford, Massachusetts, was the first higher educational institution to admit women in Massachusetts. It was founded as a coeducational institution, but became exclusively for women in 1837. In 1831, as a private institution, Mississippi College became the first coeducational college in the U.S. to de- grant a degree to a woman. Wow. In December 1831, it granted degrees to two women, Alice Robinson and Catherine Hall. In 1839, the Georgia Female College in Macon, Georgia, opened its doors to students. Now known as Wesleyan College, it was the first college in the world chartered specifically to grant bachelor's degrees to women. Wow. Okay. Okay. 1849, Elizabeth Blackwell, born in England, became the first woman to earn a medical degree from an American college, Geneva Medical College in New York. Okay. 1850, Lucy Sessions earned a literary degree from Oberlin College, becoming the first black woman in the U.S. to receive a college degree. Wow. 1864, Rebecca Crumpler became the first African-American woman to graduate from a U.S. college with a medical degree and the first and only black woman to obtain the Doctress of Medicine degree from New England Female Medical College in Boston, Mass. Doctress? Doctress of Medicine. Man. That's great. So, yeah. Thank you. Ladies are smart. Yeah. They realize like, you know, some of these are a little earlier than I maybe expected. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's really awesome. We're we're getting into like reconstruction here. Yeah. The 19th century was a big time for ladies in colleges. Yeah. So now I'm going to talk to you about 
some historically black colleges and universities. Please do. Yeah. Yes. So historically black colleges and universities also abbreviated HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're institutions of higher education in the U.S. that were established before the Civil Rights Act of 1964 with the intention of primarily serving the African-American community. At the time, an overwhelming majority of predominantly white institutions of higher learning disqualified African-Americans yeah. from enrollment during segregation. So there are still 101 HBCUs in the U.S., including public and private institutions. And here are the ones we should know. Great. Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia. It's all female. Oh, nice. Um, It was founded in 1881 as the Atlanta Baptist Female Seminary by two teachers named Harriet E. Giles and Sophia B. Packard, specifically to found a school for black freed women. They envisioned their school to be a liberal arts institution. And the first brochures for the college stated they planned to offer algebra, physiology, essays, Latin, rhetoric, geometry, political economy, mental philosophy, chemistry, botany, constitution of the United States, astronomy, zoology, geology, moral philosophy, and evidences of christianity hell yes that's very extensive i'm surprised yeah and it was actually named after john d rockefeller's wife laura spellman rockefeller okay rockefeller actually gave like a lot of money to some of these schools which is really interesting to think about that's great that's surprising actually that's not something that's um, that's really, um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Publicized. Um, in 2013, Spelman College decided to drop varsity athletics and leave the National Collegiate Athletic Association. Using money originally budgeted to the sports programs, they created wellness programs available for all students. Uh, the Spelman College Museum of Fine Arts is the only museum in the nation that emphasizes art by and about women of the African diaspora. In 2016, in collaboration with Spelman's Department of Art and Art History, the museum launched a two-year curatorial studies program to increase diversity in the museum industry. That's wonderful. Yes, because that is definitely a problem in the museum industry for sure. It's a lot of white and a lot of white ladies, Mm -hmm. which is not... Which it is, could be worse. Which could be worse. <laughs> and historically, it has been yeah. worse. It's mm-hmm. been mostly white men. Old, but we definitely old, need rich diversity. white men. Yes, uh-huh. old, rich white men. But absolutely, diversity is, is the lack of diversity is an issue in the mm-hmm. museum field, for sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, notable alums of Spelman College include Pulitzer Prize winning author Alice Walker, um, Rosalind Brewer, who was the first African-American COO of Starbucks and CEO of Sam's Club, oh, wow. and opera singer Mata Wilda Dobbs among others. Oh, cool. Okay. So um, you have Spelman in in Atlanta for all female. And then its partner school is Morehouse College in Atlanta, which is all male. Okay. So Morehouse is one of the few remaining traditional men's liberal arts colleges in the U.S. And it was founded as the Augusta Institute after the Civil War by Reverend William Jefferson White, an Atlanta Baptist minister and cabinet maker who wanted to educate African-American men in theology and education. In 1913, the college was renamed Morehouse College in honor of Henry L. Morehouse, corresponding secretary of the American Baptist Home Mission Society, who had helped to organize Rockefeller and the Mission Society's support for the college. Um, Notable alums of Morehouse include Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, hey. um, Theologian Howard Thurman, filmmaker Spike Lee. Oh, hey. And actor Samuel L. Jackson. Of course. Among others. Another big one is Howard University in Washington, Mm -hmm. D.C. Yeah. So this was named after General Oliver Otis Howard, a Civil War hero who was with the founder of the university and at the time commissioner of the Freedmen's Bureau. Howard later served as president of the university from 1869 to 1874. Howard University has played an important role in American history and the civil rights movement on a number of occasions. Alan Locke, chair of the Department of Philosophy and first African-American Rhodes Scholar, helped Mm -hmm. to usher in the Harlem Renaissance. 
Uh, Ralph Bunch, the first Nobel Peace Prize winner of African descent, served as chair of the Department of Political Science. Howard is the most comprehensive HBCU in the nation and produces the most black doctorate recipients of any university. Wow, that's um, awesome. Notable alums include Toni Morrison, Thurgood Marshall, Ta-Nehisi Coates, oh um, Kamala Harris, and Taraji P. Henson, oh among others. Yeah, just really just incredible people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, another one you should know is Hampton University in Hampton, Virginia. So the Hampton Agricultural and Industrial School, later named the um, Hampton Institute, and then later Hampton University, um, was founded in 1868 by black and white leaders of the American Missionary Association after the American Civil War to provide education to freedmen. The first teacher, Mary Smith Peake, had secretly been teaching slaves and freed blacks in the area despite the state's prohibition, you know, of doing so Um, and she first taught for the American Missionary Association in 1861 and was said to gather her pupils under a large oak after the tree was the site of the first reading in the former Confederate states of the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863 they called it the Emancipation Oak the tree now a symbol of the university and of the city is part of the National Historic Landmark District at Hampton University and the Emancipation Oak was cited by the National Geographic Society as one of the 10 great trees in the world (laughs) oh my god isn't that oh, poignant? That's adorable that they have the 10 great trees. The fact that they could narrow it down to 10. This is the Emancipation Oak. Yes. Amazing. Um, so it's home to the Hampton University Museum, which is the oldest museum of the African diaspora in the United States and the oldest museum in the state of Virginia. Uh, notable alums include Dr. Booker T. Washington. Do you know what the T stands for? Uh Talia Farrow. It is Talia Farrow. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So uh, Dr. Booker T. Washington is an American educator, author, orator, and advisor to presidents of the United States. And between 1890 and 1915, he was the dominant leader in the African-American community. And we're going to talk more about him with him in a minute. Ooh, okay. Um, other alums of Hampton include Mary Jackson, who is a pioneering engineer for NASA, and comedian Wanda Sykes. Oh, really? Oh, she's so <laughs> funny. I love her. All right, and last here we have Tuskegee University in Tuskegee, Alabama. So it was founded in 1881 by Lewis Adams and Booker T. Washington as the Tuskegee Normal School for Colored Teachers and soon after called the Tuskegee Institute. The campus is designated as a National Historic Site by the National Park Service and is the only university in the U.S. to have this designation. The college was home to World War II's Tuskegee Airmen, a group of African-American military pilots, uh, both fighter and bomber, who fought in World War II, and they formed the 332nd Fighter Group and the 477th bombardment group of the United States Army Air Force. Okay, so like the bummer of all of this episode because we can't go a whole episode without having like, having a, like a real dark spot. Moment. Yeah. Um, the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. Oh my gosh. So yeah, this yeah. is sad. Boom. From 1932 to 1972, Tuskegee Institute collaborated with the U.S. government for a study on deliberately untreated syphilis. So these experiments have become infamous for misleading study participants by telling them that they were being treated for syphilis when in fact researchers were only monitoring the progression of the disease. That's awful. So syphilis is a debilitating disease that can leave its victims with permanent neurological damage and horrifying scars. Penicillin, which was discovered in 1927, was being used to treat human disease by the early 1940s and by 1947 it had become the gold standard in treating syphilis. The researchers involved were well aware of this treatment but continued their experiments, choosing to withhold the medicine. The researchers also actively deterred study participants from obtaining penicillin from other physicians, telling them that they had bad blood. 
This was a direct violation of the Hippocratic Oath, but ultimately not a single researcher nor the Tuskegee University was ever legally published. Oh my God, I didn't realize that. That's awful. It's awful. That's like, no wonder people have conspiracy theories. (laughs) You know, like a Mm -hmm. lot of this stuff happened early to mid-century where the government was like experimenting on people or experimenting Mm -hmm. on people with mental illness or experimenting on minorities. And no wonder, I mean, there are some conspiracy theories like tinfoil hat people where you're Mm -hmm. like, it's Area 51. But uh, it has a basis in, uh, as we know, like reality, like that whole, um, what's it called? Wormwood Mm -hmm. is a TV show about them dosing, um, the government dosing, uh, captors with LSD Ugh. to get them to yeah. like confess things mm-hmm. like that's unethical and yes. dangerous and terrible. And yet we just learned about this in the past, like 25 years or something like that. It's, it's horrifying. Yeah. So if any of us ever complain about like having to get an institutional review board, when we want to do a survey, that's just on like, what chocolate chip cookie do you like better? Yeah. Um, this is a reason why we have to do that, which yep. is, you know, well, okay, I'll, take I'll it. fill out that IRB form. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah, I'll do that. Um, but notable people associated with the Tuskegee School Please. include Booker T. Washington, George Washington Carver. Uh, the Commodores all met there. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> yes. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. I knew they met in college, but I didn't realize yep. it was Tuskegee. Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Um, the writer mm-hmm. Ralph Ellison and Lonnie Johnson, who is a former NASA engineer and inventor of the Super Soaker. <laughs> I mean, honestly, he lived his best life. Yeah. Um, speaking of historically black uh, universities mm-hmm. and colleges, um, I don't know if you know anything about uh, one little small singer named Beyonce. Uh, Beyonce knows uh, It rings a bell. Yeah. Um, so this year she was at uh, Coachella mm-hmm. because she couldn't be at Coachella last year because she had her babies. Sure. Rumi. Sir and, and Rumi. Sir. Yeah. Um, so uh, her performance for this year, she had two performances back to back. One like for the first night and the second night and the first night was recorded and I watched it mm-hmm. on my computer at, for two and a half hours and was absolutely enthralled. It was like incredible. And honestly, it was both performances were identical mm-hmm. except for the costuming. And it was an homage to historically black universities and colleges. Oh, wow. She had uh, drum majorettes. She had oh. an entire marching band <laughs> on bleachers. Um, all of the costumes were uh, Belmont, but mm-hmm. um, everyone was in yellow the first night. Um, and the yellow was for, um, the black and gold for Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity, which is the first black fraternity Mm -hmm. in the United States, um, which was established in 1906. And then the pink, she wore like hot pink the next night, um, was a nod to Alpha Kappa Alpha, which is the first black female sorority, which was established in 1908. So, it was, first of all, it was wow. just a flawless performance because Beyonce is flawless and also is a perfectionist. She's 104% perfect. Yeah, she's 104% perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was really, like, a, a, speaking as an outsider, a white girl who was just mm-hmm. watching it and being like, this is an incredible performance. It was just such a joyful performance as well as being, like, just, like, musically flawless and, like, medley flawless and dancing flawless from like beginning to end and everybody just loved it it was just Mm -hmm. like a really joyful lovely performance and it was great that she had uh historically black colleges and universities and the black experience in her mind while like planning this so yeah and it must have meant so much 
to, you know, oh some my God. people. Twitter exploded. Yeah. yeah. And people like there were all sorts of like vulture went crazy mm-hmm. and there were so many like New York magazine wrote a whole thing about it and all of this stuff. So um I, I'm pretty sure it's still on YouTube. So if you've got two and a half hours to kill, it is <laughs> If you're stuck in an airport, yeah. you have Wi-Fi. Oh my God, you will not be disappointed. It's excellent. <laughs> That's great. And then finally, I just wanted to mention the largest universities on each continent Ooh, by okay. enrollment. So okay. in Africa, the University of South Africa in Pretoria, South Africa has more than 355,000 students. Oh my gosh. In Asia, Indira Gandhi National Open University in Delhi, India has more than 4 million students enrolled. And it is the first largest university in the world. What? Mm -hmm. Is this like on campus? I mean, I don't, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think that one is on site, yeah. I'm speechless. Mm -hmm. Indira Gandhi, National Open University, more than 4 million students. Um, In Australia, we have Monash University in Victoria, Australia, that has more than 59,000 students which by comparison to Asia is a little paltry, but Mm -hmm. it's the largest in Australia. In Europe, it's uh, Spiru Herit University in Bucharest, Romania, that has more than 311,000 students. In North America, it is the California Community College System. Oh. Has more than 2.1 million students, which is the second largest enrollment in the world. Okay. And so that's, you know, all of the... Yeah, that's everybody everybody, all the way down. Yep. Yeah. Um, And then in South America, it is the University of Buenos Aires and Buenos Aires, Argentina, that has more than 316,000 students. And as of yet, there is no university established on Antarctica. I was going to ask. Yes. So thank you for clarifying for me. Yes. (laughs) So that's just a brief rundown of some colleges and universities that that you should know. Thank you so much. That was very interesting. Of course. And so it's time for my quiz. I'm excited. It's called Welcome to Animal House. This is a quiz on college sports team names and famous landmark homes. Question one. Visitors to Salem, Massachusetts can learn all about the 1692 witch trials and later stop by what dwelling made famous by Nathaniel Hawthorne in a book that surprisingly was not about architecture. Question two. Surely it's a coincidence that the athletic teams of all-female Sweetbriar College in Virginia are named after the word for female fox. What is it? Question three. Now the most visited attraction in the state of Rhode Island, the Breakers is a Gilded Age summer cottage, but really a big effing mansion, built in Newport as the summer home for a member of which Dutch railroad and shipping magnet family? They still possess Biltmore, which is the largest privately owned house in the United States. Question four, take a type of amphibian from the family Megophiridae with elongated upper eyebrows and you'll get the two word team name for students at Texas Christian University. What is it? Question five, following the deaths of her infant daughter and gun manufacturer husband, this widow was told by a medium to move west and continuously build a house for herself and the spirits of the people who had fallen victim to her family's repeating rifles. Over the span of several decades, this once modest farmhouse morphed into an ever-changing seven-story estate that mostly survived a 1906 earthquake. What is the name of this famous, possibly haunted, mansion? Question six. This state university has aptly named its athletic teams the Thoroughbreds, and for ladies, Thoroughbreds. In which state would you find them, though they play on basketball courts, football fields, and volleyball courts in addition to the track? Question seven. 
This famous settlement house in Chicago wasn't too creepy or kooky. Hall House opened in 1889 with the goal to bring the rich and the poor of society together in interconnectedness, which activist and mother of social work co-founded this progressive home for social reform. Question 8. I guess if you live in the southwestern United States, you might run into these venomous lizards with a fearsome reputation. The athletic teams at Eastern Arizona College are named for what scary creatures indigenous to their region? Question 9. So romantic. In 1900, George Bolt, general manager of the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York City, had workers build a six-story stone castle as a present to his wife on Hart Island of the Thousand Islands region in New York State. Today, visitors can access Bolt Castle by ferry or private boat from Alexandria Bay, located in what major river? And finally, question 10. Perhaps the best mascot of all time is this large, fat, terrestrial gastropod mollusk, which is most frequently yellow in color. Selected in 1974 by three soccer team members and officially voted on by the student body in 1986, what do we call the athletic teams that represent UC Santa Cruz? Give you about a minute to think, and we'll be back with your answers. my face why are you rubbing your face it's just i only knew a couple of those and i don't know if i I'm bet you know them. more than you think all right you may have to give me those extra hints that i rely so heavily on <laughs> <laughs> all right question one okay. visitors to salem massachusetts can learn all about the 1692 witch trials and later stop by what dwelling made famous by nathaniel hawthorne in a book that surprisingly was not about architecture uh um he didn't write the crucible did he he no did that's he? arthur oh. miller oh okay uh, oh, yeah, that's true. That wasn't anything early. Mm, we, <laughs> it's a house. It's a house. The house. Uh -huh. of the house of mirth. The house of the number rising sun. The house of the first. Uh, just tell me. <laughs> the house of the seven gables. I wasn't going to get that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, <laughs> it is a seaside mansion known as the house of the seven gables. So it's real. It is a real place. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, he then used it as like his inspiration for the book. So um, it started out as like a 17th century four, you know, two room house that slowly mm. got built upon more and more. Um, and in the first half of the 18th century, the new owner remodeled the house in the new Georgian style, adding wood paneling and sash windows. And these alterations are preserved very early examples of Georgian decor. So the house is now a nonprofit museum. It's one of the oldest surviving timber framed mansion houses in continental North America cool. with 17 rooms and over 8,000 square feet including oh, its large sellers the house of the seven gables the house of the seven there's gables. like three books that nathaniel hawthorne wrote and this is the one of them that you should know i don't really like anything prior than 1900 i don't read it i don't have any interest if you're wearing stays and you're 
calling each you're saying prithy <laughs> i'm not into it <laughs> you call you call people goody yeah and i saw good. goody proctor with the devil <laughs> yeah no thank you house can't of the relate se- house of the seven gables in oh, seven massachusetts great Question two. Surely it's just a coincidence that the athletic teams of all female Sweetbriar College in Virginia are named after the female word for fox. What is it? I I do know this one. It's uh-huh. Vixen. It is Vixen. Yes. So Sweetbriar College, um, it's known for its horseback riding program, which focuses on show and field hunters, hunt seat equitation, and show jumping. The school has seven riding teams. Ugh, like it's one sound- of those places that like you can bring your horse to college with you and there's stables for it and all this stuff. And <sighs> So many horsey people. Mm-hmm. That sounds awful <laughs> life is a rich tapestry life is a rich tapestry <laughs> question life three tapestry. now the most visited attraction in the state of rhode island the breakers is a gilded age summer cottage but really a big effing mansion built in newport as the summer home for a member of which dutch railroad and shipping magnet family they still possess biltmore which is the largest privately owned house in the u.s is it the Vanderbilts? It is the Vanderbilts. Yes. So the Breakers was designed by renowned architect Richard Morris Hunt, constructed between 1893 and 1895. The 70-room mansion has a gross area of 125,000 square no. feet and about 62,000 square feet of living area on five floors. <sighs> That's a- the Breakers. Anderson Cooper is a Vanderbilt. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. His mother was Gloria Vanderbilt of the jeans. You know what? I never linked the jeans with the with the with railroad the, family. I didn't either until I heard about Anderson Cooper being a Vanderbilt and it all click click clicked into place. Yeah. He probably had his own, had his own wing in the breakers. I'm sure he did. He doesn't need that TV money. He can't be handsome and rich. Ugh. Oh. He seems like a nice guy. It's fine. Yeah, he's He's all right. <laughs> uh, question four. Take a type of amphibian from the family Megafried. <laughs> I said it right the first time. You did. Megafriday with elongated upper eyebrows. And you'll get the two word team name for students at Texas Christian University. What is it? The horny toads? The <laughs> Very close. Is it the horny? Is it horny? Horned. Horned. The horned. I, the horned nematodes. I have no idea. The horned frogs. Just the horned frogs? Oh my gosh. <laughs> the Texas Christian University horned frogs. Oh my God. So they are apparently a type of horned lizard, um, okay. actually. But TCU came up with the name as the title of their yearbook back in the 19th century. Uh, legend said that the name was selected for the yearbook after a group of horny toads showed up during the football team's first practice. And um, to date, the school's costumed mascot is called super frog because i guess horned frog is just wouldn't gonna fly yeah they're like no that's dumb how about super super frog frog. okay okay (laughs) question five following the deaths of her infant daughter and gun manufacturer husband this widow was told by medium to move west and continuously build a house for herself and the spirits of the people who'd fallen victim to her family's repeating rifles what's the name of this famous possibly haunted mansion this is the winchester mansion yeah the winchester mystery house in san jose california I finally got to go there this year. I was going to say, you got to go. It was like, it was like number one thing on my bucket list and I got to do it. So bye everyone. (laughs) Um, Now I'm dying. (laughs) Today, there are roughly 161 rooms, including 40 bedrooms, two ballrooms, as well as 47 fireplaces, over 10,000 panes of glass, 17 chimneys, two basements and three elevators. Wow. And that's just like what survives today because the thing was for decades and decades, there was 
always work going on in the mansion. Amazing. So um, after her husband's death from tuberculosis in 1881, Sarah Winchester inherited more than $20.5 million. Okay, so this is 1881. That's equivalent to $520 million these days. She also received nearly 50% ownership of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company, giving her an income of roughly $1,000 per day. Oh, my God. That's equivalent to $25,000 a day. She's like a nowadays. Bezos. Or yes. Bezos. Yeah. I'm going to get Bezos like Bezor. <laughs> so she didn't use an architect. She just was like, do this now. Just so she was it. adding on to the building in a haphazard fashion. So the home contains numerous oddities, such as doors and stairs that go nowhere, windows overlooking other rooms, and stairs with odd-sized risers. Wow. And many accounts attribute these oddities to her belief in ghosts. And she did sleep yeah. in a different room every night. That's so crazy. It's good. It's it was, a great story. It's so great. That's awesome. Question six. This state university has aptly named its athletic teams the Thoroughbreds. And for ladies, Thoroughbreds. In which state would you find them? Though they play on basketball courts, football fields, and volleyball courts in addition to the track. I I would say Kentucky. It is. They are the Kentucky State University Thoroughbreds and Thoroughbreds in Frankfort, Kentucky. Question seven. This famous settlement house in Chicago wasn't too creepy or kooky. Hall House opened in 1889 with the goal to bring the rich and the poor of society together. Which activist and mother of social work co-founded this progressive home for social reform? Is this Adams? Are you just saying that because of the clue? Yeah, I'm just saying. Do you know who it is? Uh, I I mean, you would get credit, but. Okay, great. Jane Adams. Who was it? Jane Adams. Jane Adams. Was it Double D, like the Adams yes. family? Mm-hmm. Oh, great. That's interesting. So Hall House became, at its inception in 1889, a community of university women whose main purpose was to provide social and educational opportunities for working class people, many of them recent European immigrants in the surrounding neighborhood. Oh, cool. um, the building took its name from the Italianate mansion built by real estate magnate Charles Gerald Hull. Uh, the volunteers there held classes in literature, history, art, and domestic activities, such as sewing. Um, Um, Hull House also held concerts that were free to everyone. They offered free lectures on current issues and operated clubs for both children and adults. At the neighborhood level, they established the city's first public playground, bathhouse, and public gymnasium. Um, They also pursued educational and political reform and investigated housing, working, and sanitation issues. That's very interesting. So, Hull House. Uh, Sidebar about the Mm -hmm. Adams Family. The Adams Family Mansion uh, (laughs) was based on a... um, a building at Syracuse University, which is like the central Ooh. building. And I, the name of it escapes me at the mm-hmm. moment, um, considering I went there for my master's degree. But it's it's very like they put the lights on it Ooh. and it's very creepy. But it's a it's a very beautiful building and it's central. Like yeah. if you're standing in the middle of Marshall Street, like, bam, it's right in the center. That's great. It's cool. Yeah. Question eight. I guess if you live in the southwestern U.S., you might run into these venomous lizards with a fearsome reputation. The athletic teams at Eastern Arizona College are named for what scary creatures indigenous to their region? Um, I don't know. I'm assuming it's some sort of lizard. Uh-huh. Uh, is it? I was going to say a horny toad, but that's not it. No. It's a, it's a venomous lizard with a fearsome reputation. So is it? It's a scary name. <laughs> Is it the, um, what is it, the Komodo dragon? No, but those, that's South America. That's not mm-hmm. even What do you here. think would be in America? A uh, dragon, uh, 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 oh, dragon, a dragon. Gila uh, monster. A Gila monster, damn it. So the Eastern Gila Arizona monster. College, 
Gila monsters. That's pretty good. Yeah. Question nine. So romantic. In 1900, George Bolt had workers build a six-story stone castle as present to his wife on Hart Island of the Thousand Islands region in New York State. Today, visitors can access Bolt Castle by ferry or private boat from Alexandria Bay, located in what major river? I'm going to say the Hudson. It's no, is it the St. Lawrence? Lawrence. Oh, there's two. There's two up there. And I haven't been to the Thousand Islands in God, 25 years. <laughs> the Thousand Islands constitute an archipelago of more than 1,800 islands that straddle the Canada-U.S. border in the St. Lawrence River as it emerges from the northeast corner of Lake Ontario. They stretch for about 50 miles, or for our Canadian listeners, 80 kilometers, uh, downstream from Kingston, Ontario. And the islands range in size from over 40 square miles to smaller islands occupied by a single residence or uninhabited outcroppings of rocks. To count as one of the Thousand Islands. Um, an emergent land within the river channel must have at least one square foot of land above water level wow. year round and support at least two living trees. So <laughs> adorable. just room enough Island. If you've seen pictures of it, it's the smallest inhabited Island in the thousand islands. Um, it has a house, a tree, a shrub and a small beach. That's all you need. Yeah. That's all you need. Have you ever been up to the thousand islands? No, nope. I haven't been in so long, but I do remember it being absolutely gorgeous. I know a lot of people in uh, from like Western New York and that kind of thing mm-hmm. either like rent a cabin in the Thousand Islands every year or like Thousand Islands seem to be very big in Western New York for some strange reason. Even yeah. Though it's like on the opposite side. Of I the asked state, Josh really. if he ever went there and he said yes. And I said, oh, what'd you do? And he said, just rode around on a boat. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> or swim. Yeah. Swim from <laughs> island to island. It's very picturesque. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're into water sports and things like that, then I really want to see that castle, though. Oh, Bolt yeah. Castle. Yeah. And finally, question 10, because I couldn't write a question about college sports without asking this one. Perhaps the best mascot of all time is this large, fat, terrestrial gastropod mollusk, which is most frequently yellow in color. Uh, What do we call the athletic teams that represent UC Santa Cruz? Okay. I do know this. Uh Well, I did know this at one point. Mm -hmm. And it is called, it's going to kill me. You're going to tell me? It's not a gooey duck because that's East Coast. No, that's like a clam. Yeah. It's a, ooh, you know what? It almost hit me. Just tell me what it is. It's, well, it's most frequently yellow in color. Okay, so. Does that help? The golden, no, the, I don't know. I don't know another (laughs) word for yellow. The yellow, the yeller. (laughs) I'm going to tell you. Just tell me. I'm going to throw it. It's the banana slugs. The banana slugs. I knew this about the banana slugs. Oh, it's such a good mascot for a college. I wish I was a banana. Mostly it was like they didn't have a they didn't have a mascot. Yeah. And these guys were like, how about this? And it was kind of a joke, but then it, you know, it got officially voted in. And I think like after it did get officially voted in by the student body in 1986, People magazine did like a two-page oh like color spread on the, <laughs> the banana, banana slugs. slugs. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, and for everyone's information, the five most used names of four-year college teams, um, you know, without adjectives necessarily, but okay. they're Eagles, Tigers, Bulldogs, Panthers, and Knights. So those are the most frequent um, college What was yours? What was Rono? We were the Maroons. You were just a color? Oh, yeah. Well, Harvard's the Crimson. I mean... <laughs> Syracuse is the orange men. Yeah. So, uh-huh. I mean, I, I don't have a lot to say, but Binghamton University was the Bearcats, uh-huh. which apparently with is a, a C a re- or with a K? Uh, with a C. 
<laughs> I feel like I read one that it was with a K, and yeah. I was like, mm. apparently a bear cat is a real thing. Okay, it's more like um like a small, cute animal, but oh. the mascot drawing was very like it would look like just a big fat cat, like angry looking cat, yeah, with like big paws. So yeah, Binghamton bear cats. So there you go. Well, there you go. That was great. I learned so much about colleges and universities, Julia. Thank you for educating me on that. Hey-o. Bada-boom. Um, yeah, if you want to let us know um, if we missed anything, if you have any listener-submitted trivia for us, mm-hmm. um, you can email us at misinfopod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at misinfopod, and we're on Facebook, Misinformation, a trivia podcast. We also have a website, triplededub.misinfopod.com. You can also stream us at that website, triplededub.misinfopod.com. Uh, you can also get us on Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, or use our RSS feed to, you know, use any know. podcast app that yeah. you mm-hmm. prefer or deserve or have. Um, and uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. We would love that. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. You, word of mouth is the best way to get information around right wasn't that said by someone teddy roosevelt um (laughs) so uh thank you to everyone who has given us feedback and thank you to everyone who has contacted us and given us some listener submitted trivia um please feel free to send us that and uh yeah thanks for listening guys yeah we'll catch you next time Bye. bye